This is Podcast Radio. I'm Mark Pendergast. And when it comes to iconic TV shows, there is few more iconic than EastEnders. And when you get to play a character in that show for 15 years, it can define you and define your career. Jake Wood, famous for being Max Branning on the iconic BBC TV show, talks here about his career. And if it's an actor, you really do need a CV. He gives us an insight into behind the scenes at EastEnders and why, after 15 years, he decided to call it a day. We welcome Jake Wood. How are you, Mark? Good yeah. to uh, good to speak to you. And uh, yeah, thanks for that amazing introduction. Yes, yeah, I've been acting since like ten years old. So yeah, there's quite a few few things on the list there, isn't it? Yeah, it's a it's a, a fair CV. Do you actually have a CV? Do actors have a CV that they have to hand in when they go for an audition? Is that does it work like that? Well, it used to work like that. I don't think it works like that anymore. I think all, most meetings now are just over. Yeah, you do sort of um, self tapes. Have you heard of self tapes? You. You used to go in and meet people and read the scripts, and now you, now you just record yourself and, and send it off. So it's, yeah, changing world. It's a bit strange, that, isn't it? Just sort of, you're looking in the mirror. How do you do that when you do a self-record? People have got different ways of doing it. Yeah, I've, I've got my wife in a few times to read with me. So, uh, yeah, you just have to grab who you can to do the other lines. So it can prove a bit tricky. Yeah, if you're at home on your own, I don't know. Yeah, there's diff- different ways of doing it. People got different ways of, of, of recording themselves. But, yeah, it's a whole new world of getting used to. Obviously, I was at EastEnders for 15 years. So, yeah, this is all new to me, all new to me. You had 15 years in EastEnders. Well, you had a, a very small part way back when, and then you came back, different character. 15 years in one role. Is that a good or a bad thing? Is it what are the positives, what are the negatives of, of doing one thing for so long as an actor? Listen, I, you know, I was a big fan of the show, Mark, even even before I even before I joined the show. So uh, yeah, it's part of British life, isn't it? Really, I'll always remember the first time I looked around the square. Yes, yeah, like an out of body experience. You feel like you've sort of you, you know it's so familiar, but you know you've never been there. Yeah, and it was just you know joining the show fifteen years ago, or you know longer now because I've I've been away from the show for about two years. So we're, go- we're going back nearly twenty years when I joined. Yeah, it's just a, just a surreal experience being in in a show that big. Yeah, a big part of my life, Mark. It always will be now. You know, it's sort of, yeah, and, and something that I'm very, very proud of. So, yeah, I, you know, I don't believe it's a hindrance. It's given me a, a great life with the wife and the kids and, and, and great stability as an actor in a, in a profession, as we know. It can be very, can be very uncertain, can't it? So, you know, I think, I think soaps and jobs like that that go on for a few years, you know, they're great things for actors. I would, I would never, I would never not those. As I said, they give you great stability over the years, and it's it's certainly given us that. So, listen, it's a job I'll always be incredibly proud of and incredibly grateful that I was there. They kept the door open, so you know, there's always a possibility to return, which you know, which I would definitely be up for at some point in the future. So yeah, so no, nothing but fond memories, Mark. If I'm honest, looking back. You said it was a surreal experience when you first went on set. Is that is that a surreal experience? There's a couple of things I think that people may not realise that the buildings you see there are wafer thin, aren't they? They're not actual buildings, and you're not in the East End, are you? You're up in the northwest of London, in the leafy yeah. suburbs. That's right. It's all filmed in uh, in Boreham Wood, BBC Boreham Wood, which is about 15 miles north of London on a purpose-built studios. I think actually the the square where it was, I think the last thing they did before they built that square was, do you remember Alveda's aim pet? Yeah. So they had the building site. That was the actual, the same set as where the EastEnders set was, or used to be actually, because they've actually just rebuilt the set, haven't they now? So they, they moved about a year ago. Yeah, it is surreal. Yeah, all of those buildings, yeah, there's nothing behind the front door. So if you see someone going into a door, there'll be a cut and then you'll film the interior or the inside scenes in the studios. 
and there's about three or four studios and they're all full of sets. You've got the Queen Vic in there and the, the laundrette and, you know, you know, all of the sets, all of the sets, all indoors. So yeah, it's, it's all split up into sort of different areas. So it's, it's nothing like it appears on the TV, but it's, you know, it's, it's always the way. And it, when you're filming, there's always, there's always magic and there's always, you know, there's always ways of doing things that just looks one way, but never, almost certainly never is. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, and it's huge as well. I just, I, I think people, if, if they were to go to the set and have a look around it, they just pr probably wouldn't, you'd probably be surprised by the scale of it and get yeah, the studios, how many studios they are, how many people are involved. There's probably up to about 500 people involved in uh, EastEnders behind the scenes. They're talking about the prop guys, the costume guys, the makeup guys. It's a huge, huge operation. And it's, yeah, it's like a family, really. You've got people that have been there from the beginning, you know, I'm thinking about all the, the the crew, the cameramen, people, you know, sound guys, they've, they've been people that have been there 30 years, 35 years. So yeah, amazing, amazing place. All on the same site, is it? Yeah, all on the same site. Yeah, all, all pretty much together. Everyone gets around with golf buggies. If you've got to get from one studio to the next or the square, then they'll pick you up in a golf buggy and off you go. So yeah, it's a pretty hectic, hectic place. I mean, I, I remember, I'm from Liverpool, as you may be able to tell from the accent. I remember Brookside had the close... Okay, I'm yeah. giving you a bit of insight here. Had the close and then the pathway that went round to the shops. Well, it was actually about eight miles between the close and the shops. So it was a hell of a walk on that pathway when they went round the corner. <laughs> they had to go because the, the shops were actually an old school uh, converted in Liverpool. But there you go. In terms of you leaving that East Enders, it's always one thing. I was just reading a few articles about it. It was, it, it was described about three or four times as an explosive, an explosive exit. Now, I'm just thinking about this and soap operas in general. When you leave Coronation Street, you just end up going to Rosamond Street. And I remember in Home and Away, when you left Summer Bay, you just went to Yabby Creek. Is it, is it a thing? Do you think there could be a more gentler way to, to exit EastEnders? Because it seemed to be people just moved down the road in Coronation Street and they never see their friends again 300 metres away. Yeah, is it never not explosive that people coming and going EastEnders? I'm not sure. Yeah, it's always exciting, and it always gives great drama when 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 you get good characters coming and going from the square for different varying reasons. Yeah, big characters come, big characters go. I think it's the it's the nature of nature of a soap, and it you know if you're trying to tell a story over 35 years, then yeah, you're going to get people coming and going. I, th I think it's. I think, yeah, it keeps the show fresh and, you know, it's one of the things people love about that show, isn't it? You get the old characters returning, you get new characters, you get some people going, coming and going. So it's, uh, yeah, there's a, it's like a revolving door, really. It's just sort of, but yeah, I think it's one of the things that, that helps the show endure over, over many, many years. I'm looking at your TV here. I've not printed it out as a CD, by the way, but you've got Only Fools and Horses, Miners, London's Burning, Casualty, Inspector Morse, One Foot in the Grave, Red Dwarf, A Touch of Frost. Can you pick? One of those shows that you've done and maybe a little bit of an insight, a real memorable moment, maybe a surreal moment with another actor or something like that. What, what sticks out in your memory from your CV, if you like? I've got so many memories, Mark. I started working professionally at the age of 10. So um, just worked with so many incredible people over the years. I did a film with Al Pacino when I was like 12, something like that, a film called Revolution. Got amazing memories of, of him and of, of, of making that film. Yeah. Well, give us some Al Pacino that, memories. Is it, does he, does he go into the full Al Pacino when he, when he gives it a lot in the film or is he like that all the time off camera? What, what's he like? He's very method. So yeah, very engrossed in what he's doing the whole time, which I suppose is, you know, you know how he works. He just, he, he immerses himself in the, 
in the in the character so yeah very intense but amazing to watch amazing to watch on set acting doing his craft one of the best actors to have ever lived really and to be up up close and personal with him and watching him work was a real gift and probably didn't realize at that age you know the enormity of who you're working with and you know all of the work you've done before when you're 12 you just sort of you just take it in your stride don't you but yeah just just a lovely guy lovely guy and yeah so it's, it's, it's yeah, such a, I've had such a long and varied career, Mark. You know, I've done, done films and, you know, lots of lots of stuff before I joined EastEnders. I joined EastEnders when I was 33 years old and I'd sort of done quite a bit of work before that. Worked at a national theatre for a year. Did a lot a lot of theatre. Sort of learnt my craft, really, in, in theatre. So, yeah, just, yeah, so many to me. You, you know, you mentioned Only Fools and Horses there. I'm doing a convention, actually, next year. Only Fools and Horses convention. There's one. Um, I didn't realise there was one. First time ever. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing, really. I did one episode in 1989. I think I was 17 years old then. I still get fan mail from that, Mark. So the, so the, the, the Only Fools and Horses fans are just incredible, absolutely incredible, and just, yeah, kept that show alive. Obviously, the musical's still in the West End, and yeah, it's just, you know, that just, in, you know, just endures, doesn't it? It's such a timeless classic show. Again, yeah, something I'm so proud to have been a small part of. But yeah, uh, Red Dwarf, I love working on that. Just so many memories, yeah. Yeah. You've been in some iconic shows. Well, I mean, looking at it, virtually everything you've been in is, is endured in the memory, and is you know is still repeated again and again today. Yeah, yeah. One foot in the grave. I did an episode of that. Yeah, that was great fun. Yeah, and then sort of got the opportunity to work with some amazing, you know, Hollywood actors as well. You know, sort of uh, did the film The Illusionist with Paul Giamatti and Ed Norton. Again, that was just an incredible experience. I think that was four months out in Prague. I, th I think we spent there and. Uh, yeah, just again, that was just a an, an incredible, incredible learning experience. I was sort of, you know, considering myself a young actor at the time, just learning my craft and to be around those sort of actors, those sort of experienced actors who were just sort of at the top of their game. Yeah, real privilege really to to be around those people and to be, con you know, considered sort of, sort of, you know, one of their peers, not their peers, but, you know, sort of, you know, you're there working with them. So you sort of, you know, you're uh, yeah, being respected for, for what you do at the same time. And uh, yeah, just, just, yeah, amazing. So yeah, just so many great memories and yeah, it's all good. All good. What are the differences between working on something like a big Hollywood film and, and then working on EastEnders or your, your more British type things? What, what, what's the difference in your approach? Is there a difference? I don't think so. I never approached them differently. I always sort of, my approach was always to be fully committed to whatever, to whatever I was doing. And, and, you know, hopefully that was, you know, that sort of, you know, that showed in the work over the years. And I think maybe might be part of the reason you were there, you know, I was there for 15 years. I was always fully committed to, to Max Brandon and that character. I loved, I loved that character. Yeah. The main difference I would say doing a film and doing a soap is, 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 is the kind of the amount of stuff you'll film in a day on a fit on a film. You'll, you'll be lucky to do maybe two pages maybe two and a half pages of dialogue so it's, 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 a, it's a kind of slower process and then on on east something like eastenders you do something like 35 pages a day something like that of, of of dialogue so the main difference is yeah just obviously just the the amount of stuff they can get through in, in one day so filming is, is a lot slower in lots of ways and you, just a different way of focusing different way of keeping focused over a longer period whereas a soap is very very quick the scenes you know come and go very quickly and it's just uh you have to be a yeah i wouldn't say it's i wouldn't say one is harder one is, is or less more easy but they're just different ways of working different ways of, of concentrating and and being focused over you know over a longer period i think with film is, is yeah just different disciplines but yeah
Now Reggie said that once you'd finished these centers, I'll slip off into the distance and maybe open a shop or become a farmer. Did either of those things happen? Not yet, not yet, Mark, but uh, never say never. So <laughs> watch this space. Is it something when you do such a long time, 15 years, you do need, you know, it must be intense learning the lines. It must be intense filming schedule that you're doing week on week on week. Is it something where you, you do literally need to have a break after that to just to refresh and rejuvenate? Yeah, I think, I think so, Mark, you know, I think, yeah, definitely, definitely personally, you, you feel like you need a break after 15 years. Although we haven't said that, I went straight into the West End last year. I went and did a play in the West End, two two twenty two with Lily Allen. Um, that was pretty. Didn't have much time off last year. Did look four or five months in the West End uh, last year, so that was great fun. But yeah, I think generally need a break. I think it's also good for to give the audience a, a, a break. You know, give the public a break from that character. I think if you, then if you want to go on to do other things, you know, hopefully you have to give it a bit of time for. You know, hopefully for the, for them to sort of be able to see you in a different way. So, I mean, it's been two years now since I've left left the show, and yeah, no, I'm just loving life, Mark. If I if I'm honest, doing you know lots of different things and enjoying some time at home with a family and just trying to get that work life balance. Which, if you're a busy actor on a soap, it's it's can be very difficult, can be very challenging to to get to get that balance right. And yeah, but yeah, a bit of time out is is much needed. I, I would say after 15 years, yeah. You launched a boxing podcast with Spencer Oliver. Is that, is that a passion project of yours? Yeah, so we, the podcast has been up and running about five years. It's called Pound for Pound. Yeah, we've you know I'm a massive boxing fan. I've, I've boxed when I was a kid, and I've just always loved the sport. And uh, yeah, we get some great guests. We've had uh, Joshua, Tyson Fury, Carl Froch. Yeah, the list goes on and on and on. So yeah, for me, it's just a passion project. Yeah, I, I love boxing. So for me to chat to these guys week in, week out, such a privilege. And uh, yeah, the podcast is something that we love to do. We we, we still do that. Uh, we did one episode every week. So yeah, absolute passion project. Yeah, I love love the sport and uh, love getting the interviews of all those all those guys. It must be a thing, isn't it? Uh, I suppose from when you first started acting, now the the internet's there and podcasts are available. You can you can branch out and and use your celebrity if you like your name to to go into different things and it's it's all it's all just there for you to give it a try isn't it yeah that's right i think there's so many opportunities now aren't there with the internet and, and podcasts in particular yeah i've been a massive fan of podcasts for for many years and then obviously during lockdown we we got sort of we seem to have, you know had a pr proliferation of them and we sort of uh, people couldn't do anything else could they they couldn't go out so i think i think we, we got an explosion of podcasts and now you know, now, you know, as a podcast on, on every subject. Yeah, I'm, I'm a massive fan of podcasts, always have been. Yeah, it's just it's nice, to, nice to be able to do some other stuff. And I think you're right, Mark. I think the opportunities now, yeah, with the internet and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you can create your own stuff. You can, you know, you can, you can, if you, if you've got the get up and go, I think if you're a young person now, you can, yeah, you, you know, you see these TikTok stars, these YouTube stars. I mean, yeah, I mean, what have they got? They've got, you know, sometimes just a, a mobile phone and, you know, and they're sort of uh, filming themselves and, and uh, becoming hugely successful. So, listen, I'm all for that. I think that the more opportunities out there, um, yeah, the better, really. Well, thanks very much for speaking to us, Jake. Now, whether it's you opening a shop in the future, becoming a farmer, as you did mention it previously, <laughs> but thank you very much for speaking to us. Thanks so much, Mark. Jake Wood, famous for being Max Branning on the iconic EastEnders. And for more big name interviews, go to the website podcastradionetwork.com Bonjour, this is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. I'm Andrew Pryor and every week I bring you the wonderful and fabulous people involved in French food. 
whether they're here in France like me or from around the world. Each week, we dive into a specific topic, be it a French dish, an ingredient, or a French cuisine cooking technique. My guests are all about French food. So come join me on Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. Bon app.